0: Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I know it's a Saturday. I know you guys are probably expecting Chris and his energy and his ridiculous humor. He is not here with me today. Uh, It is just me. We are just our schedules are making it challenging to find time to record. And so it was either do it late at night or do it by myself. And I chose to do it by myself. With that said, last week, we talked about a cash giveaway. I announced that in our Free Primal Potential Facebook group on January 1st. Happy New Year! By the way, this is officially the, uh, the first episode of 2021. I know I'm not alone in hoping that this year is dramatically different and dramatically better than 2020. Um, but yeah, if you are not in that free Primal Potential Facebook group, you can head over there. We would love to have you there. I will make myself a note right now to link to the Facebook group Uh, in this description for this podcast so that you can join me there if you're not already there. Today, we aren't giving away cash. In my opinion, we are giving away something more powerful, and that is my number one favorite probiotic. Most probiotics on the market really focus on digestion and immunity, which is great and important. However, probiotics do so much more than that, so much more than that. And this particular probiotic that I take daily focuses on hormones and mental health, uh, vigor, which is kind of the opposite of burnout, anxiety, depression, really kind of how your brain functions, how it communicates with the body. It is called Mentibiotics. I'll link to it as well, but I'm going to give that away. It's a $100 product. I'm going to give that away at the end of today's show. I'll announce the winner at the end of today's show. You can win too. All you got to do is leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon or post on social media. Be sure to tag me with an episode you're listening to or an episode that you love. I want to start with something not question related. You guys sent in some fun questions today, but something happened the other day that really upset me and I kind of, I went back and forth. Actually, I almost immediately went on. In my Instagram stories and addressed it. And then I was like, "Well, oh, I'm too fired up right now. I really believe in giving things space, especially when it's emotional, but I've given it some space and I still feel like I want to address it here. So if you're like, just get to the damn questions, then you can fast forward through this. That's the beauty of technology. Otherwise, thank you for your patience in letting me address this. So let me tell you what happened. For those of you who are new to the show, uh, just so we're all up to speed I last year um, had a healthy full-term pregnancy, delivered a healthy, beautiful daughter. She died unexpectedly at 14 days old. Um, I shared before she died, before there were ever any issues, her birth story on the podcast. And then, of course, after she died, I shared um, some of our experience with you on the podcast as well. So I fully own that I have put it out there. And I don't feel bad about that. Like I want to be very open about my struggles and my successes and how I navigate both, right? So I know up front that like I brought you guys into that. Somebody messaged me on Instagram and said, um, let me use their exact words. I won't read the entire exchange. um, But the the point of the exchange was that my decisions uh, likely caused the death of my daughter, which is false uh, and out of line. Basically, this person messaged me and said, it seemed to me after hearing your daughter's birth story that you being so determined to have a vaginal birth and taking so much drugs to bear the pain may have caused her issues. Facts aside, because those are not the facts, Don't ever, ever come out and give somebody your opinion on their circumstances, especially when you are not their doctor, you are not a family member or a close trusted friend, and you don't have their permission. So had this person said to me, hey, Elizabeth, I know we don't know each other well. I listened to your birth story podcast, and I have an opinion on what I think may have caused your daughter's death. Can I share it? Let me tell you, my answer would have been no. Probably not even no thank you, just no. But that's not what happened. She led with that, and then I told her, please stop this has crossed a line. Please stop. But she didn't stop. She said, I just had to tell you. No, 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 no. Anybody who convinces themselves that they had to express their opinion about somebody else's circumstances, you're lying to yourself. She did not have to. And honestly, I really hope she's listening to this because in the exchange, I was just like, so caught off guard and so shocked that somebody would do that that I probably did not articulate myself well. But, like, I understand that people want to help. I really do. And I know that this has nothing to do with the podcast, but, like, let's just chalk this up to a little bit of therapy for me, okay? (laughs) But I also think that it's really practical in understanding, you know, good ways and not good ways to support somebody or to give your opinion if you think you have a a helpful opinion. I will give her the benefit of the doubt in that she probably thought – Her opinion might help me. But here's the deal. Especially when we're talking about something so sensitive as death, never mind death of a child, recent death of a child, and no personal relationship, ask. I have a theory. Can I share it? A hundred percent of the time, my answer will be no, unless it is my doctor who knows my case intimately. Right Then when somebody says, you've crossed a line, please stop, stop immediately. Stop immediately. Everything in me wants to debate the facts here. Because yes, I did share on the birth story of the podcast that after laboring for what I think was about 36 hours, I don't know, I haven't, I don't really want to relive every second of that day, to be honest with you, to like debate the facts here. But I was given a very low dose of morphine to help me sleep so that I could labor. But this woman's post was a lot or message was a lot longer than that, basically, because I was so determined to avoid a C-section. I took so much drugs, literally, quote, so much drugs to bear the pain that may have caused her issue. A. I did not take so much drugs. None of you know anything. And I know I'm not most of you guys are amazing. The large majority of you guys are amazing. Nobody knows. Nobody, unless you were there in that room knows to be able to say, you took so much drugs. That's crap. That's false. I never said it. It's not true. And here I am debating the facts, which don't even matter. But also, to presume that a mother who lost her child made a decision that caused the death to presume that is cruel, like nothing but cruel. I know everybody here has a good heart because I don't think you would be listening to this podcast without a good heart. But A, ask before you share. And honestly, I think that's even like, hey, I have a resource that might help you with your grief. May I send it instead of just throwing somebody a link that they're not suspecting. They're not expecting when they open up their messages that day or when they open up their email or when they open up their text messages, they're not expecting it and you don't know what moment you're catching them in. Ask their permission. Most importantly, never make assumptions. And I understand, and I led with this. I invited you guys into this story, and I'm not sorry about that. But I also have received enough messages like this. Nothing where somebody said that a choice I made that they're wrong about caused my daughter's death, which they're also wrong about. But still enough for me to, and I know you can hear the emotion in my voice, I'm still really bothered that somebody would have the nerve to send this message especially to continue going when I told them to stop. Even if you don't think it's going to be hurtful, if you didn't walk in their circumstances, you don't know that it's not going to be hurtful. So I share this primarily to be like, stop making assumptions. And if you feel like you want to help, ask if they want it before you deliver it. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. I know I said a lot. Oh, thank you for listening to that. And I kind of wish Chris was here today, especially because like his humor, although I don't think he'd be humorous about this one. I think I know he wants to like knife fight over this. Um, He was very, very angry. Anyway, the first question is, how are the goats doing? Any new additions to the farm? We don't have any new additions, and I really don't want any new additions right now. We have our hands full for sure. Um, But for those of you that are newer, we have four goats, we have 13 chickens, two roosters, and our dog, Um, and of course, baby on the way. Uh, The goats are doing really well. I always worry because it's winter, but They've got plenty of shelter, they've got a little insulated hut, they cuddle together, they're totally fine, they're made to live outdoors, um, but they're doing really well, thanks for asking. Next question says, what tips do you have in talking to your niche to grow your network marketing customer base? Now I know not everybody's in in network marketing and that's cool, but I do wanna address this question first by saying I've done a lot of webinars on this, so if you want access to any of them, just message me and I'll get it to you. But in talking to your niche, share your story. A lot of people just sell. And this honestly is not even related to network marketing. It's related to like any sort of sales, anything. If you focus on trying to convince people, sell people, promote people, like just uh, get them to say yes, clickbait kind of stuff, you're missing the whole human connection. When I talk about network marketing, I'm talking about why it was a hell yes for me after initially it was a hell no, how and why it's been so good for my family, and how and why I believe so strongly in having multiple streams of income, I talk about those things. That is so critically important. Talk about your experience, why you said yes, why you're passionate about it. And even as it relates to the products, right? Like I talk about that all the time when I'm sharing about products that I love. It's about why I love them, not pitching somebody else to buy it. One of my, uh, one of the guys who's on the the leadership team in the network marketing company that I'm with, his name's Pat Hintz. He's amazing, one of my favorite people. He says, Kiss the girls who lean in. And basically, what he's saying is, Some people are going to be interested and curious. Some people aren't. We're not interested in those who aren't. We're not trying to convince. We're not trying to convert. We're looking for the people who are interested. Some people are interested in additional streams of income or whatever product it is that you are associated with. We're talking to those people. We're not looking for the people who are like, oh my God, I would never. Great, fine. You're not my person. Bye-bye, you know? So share you, not so much your business or your products. Next question says, how did you find a balance with food? How did you get there? Well, here's the deal. I think it's a forever, ever practice. It's not like some point you arrive at and then you're on cruise control for the rest of your life. I just don't think that is how it works. It is a daily pursuit. One of the things, just to be very, very honest about this is... I was so tired of feeling crappy. I cannot count the number of times that I woke up in the morning going, why did I do that? It so wasn't worth it. Like, why? Why do I keep making this choice even though I would wake up in the morning feeling bloated, feeling like it wasn't worth it? Whatever it was that I ate or however much I ate of it, it wasn't even worth it. It was like... I gave myself this pass telling myself it was just this one time, just tonight to totally go overboard. And it wasn't even on the things that I really, really enjoyed. You know, when I look back on some of the things that I would eat, I was eating just for the sake of eating, not because this is amazing, right? So being tired of feeling that way and being honest with myself about it was part of it. The other part of it was asking And that comes from the lesson I just shared. Is this really worth it? You guys have heard Chris share a million times that when we go out to eat, one of the most frequent things he hears from me is it's not really worth it, you know, whether that is the bread at the restaurant or the chips at the Mexican place or the alcoholic drink that I order or whatever. um, It's just, it's not really worth it. If we get dessert, that's just kind of like, okay, it's not worth it. When I indulge, I want it to be amazing, amazing. And then I pay attention to that point at which it's no longer amazing and I'm just kind of going through the motions. Like, am I still loving this? On a scale of one to 10, is this still a 10? Or is it kind of like, no, it's good, but I'm satisfied. Paying attention was huge, 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 huge. And then the last thing I'll say about this, honestly, this could and probably should be an episode all of its own. I think about not just how can I eat healthy today But how can I really enjoy eating healthy today? If you don't look forward to your meals and they're just disciplined, they're just healthy, you're not going to sustain that. The way I approached food wrong for me for a long time was either it was this amazing indulgent stuff that I really loved, or it was this super, super healthy stuff that was kind of boring. Well, you're always going to be drawn towards pleasure. How can I make eating healthy more pleasurable? How can I make it something that I look forward to? And honestly, sometimes that means making it a little bit more indulgent, but I'd rather, like, let's just think about it this way. If the healthiest meal in the world, and I don't even know that that's like a thing we can define, but let's just say for the sake of discussion, the healthiest meal in the world is like a 10 right? And the most unhealthy meal in the world is like a one. I would rather consistently have seven and eight meals or six, seven and eight meals in terms of like healthy versus indulgent than like go back and forth between 10 and two constantly. You know what I'm saying? So for example, I love charcuterie. If you're not familiar, it's like really nice meats and cheese spreads. So probably once a week, maybe even sometimes twice a week for dinner, a charcuterie board is my dinner and I love it and I look forward to it. And calorie wise, it's probably more calories than if I was eating something like uh, chicken breast and broccoli, but because I enjoy it so much, I'm going to be more consistent with it. So I ask myself so regularly, what can I plan to eat today, this week, whatever, right now? that I'm gonna really look forward to eating and it's going to make me feel great. When I was like kind of going between that one, two and 10, like super garbage food or like super, super clean food, I wouldn't allow myself things like a cauliflower crust pizza because, oh my gosh, it has tapioca flour in the crust and this, that and the other thing. And it's not the like 10 clean meal, the salmon and broccoli or whatever. But now I'm like, I would rather regularly include things that are that sort of like not pristine, perfect meal, but that are gonna allow me to be more consistent. Okay, the next question says, (laughs) again, I wish Chris was here for this one. This is a great question. Does Chris ever win an argument with such an articulated person? EB, it says in parentheses, meaning me. Does Chris ever win an argument with me because I'm, I'm articulated according to this question? Um, (laughs) it depends. I'm sure it depends on who you ask. I'll have to bring this back up uh, when he comes back on the show. I would say no, because he doesn't continue. Like Chris's way is to just throw his point out there and then kind of be done with it. Whereas for me, I want to rationalize and explain and like make a case and provide facts and logic. And he just is like, you know throws it out there, and then he's done. So he doesn't continue. He's not trying to, like, quote, beat me in an argument. Even if that means coming to a resolution, he just says his piece, and then he's done, Um, which I think probably means there's really no winner. (laughs) I feel really confident that if we were having an emotional fact-based argument, I would usually win most of the time, but that's just not, like, how we communicate, generally speaking. So this question says... How can you show up and be a friend for someone experiencing a crisis? Great question. And I don't know. And the reason I don't know how to like be a friend and show up for somebody experiencing a crisis is because everybody's different and everybody's needs are going to be different and everybody's needs are going to change. What I wanted or needed like in the first week or two after Dagny died isn't what I want or need now. And... I think oftentimes, this is just me, and I'm sure everybody is different, which is what makes this question hard to answer. Oftentimes, I don't know what I need in the moment, but it's easier for me to reflect back and be like, you know what? In those first few weeks, I wanted people around. You know what? Uh, six months later, I didn't. I wanted to be alone. Sometimes I can tell. Like right now, I know that I really don't like talking on the phone, Um To family, most family, Uh, and also I really don't like getting peppered with questions about this pregnancy. You guys can ask for sure because I'll I'll only answer when I'm prepared to answer. But like for example, if I call my mom and she's like, "When's your next doctor's appointment?" Oh, it was today. Well, what did they say? And what about this? And when's your next one? I hate that. Now, in my last pregnancy with Dagny, I would have talked about it all day long. I would have given every single detail. I know that now, but there's a lot of things that I only know I needed or didn't need or didn't want in hindsight. So showing up for somebody, I think really looks like, A, making sure they know they can be totally honest with you. One thing that I say to my friends if they're having a hard time on any level is, look, if I say something that like you cringe over, that, you know, this is the kind of thing that makes your blood boil afterwards or makes you cry afterwards, please know I want you to tell me. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Like I want to know if you hate hearing this, like everything will be okay or everything happens for a reason. Like if I say something like that, that drives you bonkers, please tell me, right? You can tell me these things. If if you're going through a phase where like you just want to be left alone and I text or I call, I want you to know that you can feel comfortable telling me, hey, I just really want to be alone, you know? I think that's the biggest thing is making sure that you are clear that with them and they know you're a safe space. Like if this is too much, if you need a break, if you just want company, if you just want to cry and not have somebody like tell you it's going to be okay, I, I'll be that person, you know? Um, And then I think always letting them know that you're thinking of them, but in different ways. Because what I think a lot of people do right now is text or DM, and it it can feel very convenient and very easy. Find ways to show that you're not looking to do just what is convenient or just what is easy, whether that means showing up, bringing a meal, um, whatever, whatever. Find ways to show them that you're willing to do more than just what is convenient or easy for you. The next question says, what are some things you wish you knew in your 20s? Hmm. I would say how important space for yourself is. Now, in my 20s, I spent a lot of time watching TV and sleeping and binging, and and I might have considered that time for myself, but like... I also worked a lot and just had constant input, right? Whether that input, and, and I don't mean input as in the opinions of others, but just there was always a stimulus. I was always either on social media or watching TV or at work or having a conversation or texting, and I was really uncomfortable with like quiet time, space, and silence, and I really would have loved to know how valuable that is and how important it is to get comfortable with that and how much growth and ideation and creativity can come from that. I also would have challenged myself to spend a little bit of time every day in self-improvement, whether that's like have a routine for washing your face every night or it's read every day or meditate every day, learn something every day. Um, In my perspective, in my 20s, almost everything was about my physical body, weight especially, and money, career status. I would have loved to know that if I made weight less of a thing, and space and time for myself and space and time to learn and like become a better thinker that the weight stuff would have taken care of itself. I thought I had to be constantly fixated on weight and food in order to make a difference. And I think that was actually a big part of the problem. So those are the first few things that come to my mind. Next question says, What are you doing to get ready for the baby? Any tips for moms and dads? I don't have any tips for moms and dads because as I mentioned last week, like we had Dagny for 14 days. Um, The only tip that I can think of is what I give myself every day, which is just take one day at a time and appreciate the space that you're in. What am I doing to get ready for the baby? Um, Aside from like the... You know, we renovated our upstairs, the nursery will be upstairs, so we're, you know, getting furniture moved back in there now that the renovation is essentially complete. Um, I had a lot of girl stuff, didn't really have a lot of either gender neutral or boy stuff, so some of those kinds of things, but really, the thing that I'm doing is trying to take really great care of myself, and that means getting more sleep, it means stretching and mobility, it means working out, it means more rest, less stress. All things that I think we should all be doing independent of baby or no baby. Last question. What's something you learned this year that may help others too? I just did an episode on like the four biggest things that 2020 taught me. Um, So if you haven't listened to that, it's like 840 something. I don't know the episode number off the top of my head, but um, I shared four powerful lessons that I learned this year the first one I remember off the top of my head was don't let money make the rules. Like I can't do this because of money or I wish I could do this, but it's not an option because of money or this is all we can afford or whatever. Don't let money make the rules. But I went really deep into four lessons I learned uh, in that recent episode that was just a couple weeks ago. So tune in to that for sure. The winner of mentibiotics, my all-time favorite probiotic because it doesn't focus on the gut and immunity, which so many do, and I think that's important, but this one really focuses on hormones and anxiety, mood, depression, uh, vigor, which is the opposite of burnout. The clinical studies on it are really powerful, but more than that, my personal experience has been really positive with it. Chris's experience with it has been really positive. The winner is at Shell's Life Journey, at shells underscore life underscore journey. You are the winner. You've got 60 days to email Christopher at primalpotential.com. No matter where you live in the world, we will send it out to you. We do this every single Saturday. So you can win next Saturday by either leaving a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or leaving a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. Or posting on Facebook or Instagram, making sure to tag me with an episode of this show that you love or that you've learned from, and uh, you could win. So anyway, thanks for the, the emotional space for me to share my perspective on unsolicited opinions, especially on something that's like really personal and really traumatic. And thanks as always for your questions. If you're not part of the free Primal Potential Facebook group, remember I'm going to put that link in the episode description so that you can join us there. And I hope you have an amazing day. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.